you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you, joined alongside a little bit, one cast member short today. Yeah. No Alex Gelhart, no WizKid from Wisconsin. But we do have the Magic Beard of Fantasy. We've got Matt Franciscovich. What's up? Hey, man. How, How you, you doing, pal? I'm good. I'm looking forward to the the playoffs this weekend. Absolutely. It should be an exciting weekend of games. My my Steelers. Yeah, you're legitimately actual Steelers, yep. yes. I'm yes. a fan of the Steelers, you so we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. Should very, be very exciting. Should be a black and blue game, man. Yeah. It's going to feel yeah. You know what it's going to feel like? It's going to feel like an old school AFC North game actually. Definitely. You know what I mean? Jaguars come in. It's going to be a good defensive battle, Good I think. good defense, going to be cold. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Strong running game on both sides. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, we have Matt Harmon here as well, deep into his Tinder thoughts. I am not on Tinder. But no, I he is not, actually. No, no, no. I've no actually, we've much, confirmed that it's not Tinder. Much better discovery here that we've made, thanks to producer Chris. Oh, Holy my God. Hell. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we'll actually get to what we are alluding to, but it, it, it concerns Norv Turner. And it's a, it's a shocking storyline. Shocking. Breaking. Breaking. Breaking news. One that uh, our very own producer Chris has unearthed himself. Curtis Chris, how you doing, pal? I'm good, man. I'm I'm excited about the Norv news. I'm also excited about the games. Yeah, man. This weekend. Yeah. Are you nervous? I talked to Sheck yesterday. He's very nervous. Of course. Sheck is very. I talked to him earlier yeah, in the week Sheck, too. How could he's, you not be nervous? He's like, Sheck I don't is, know, franchise. I'm nervous. What are you feeling? And I'm like, it's a Jaguars. I think man. You guys are okay. I think, I you guys think are okay. we're. I think everyone goes back to Week Five when the Jaguars kind of smacked the Steelers around and been through five picks. These are different teams. That was October. Okay. Right. right. Yeah. It's a it's a long season. Mike I Tomlin think, said these these both these teams have evolved. They're Steelers are barely even using that tape to prepare for the game. By the way, if I had to, if I had to guess, I would guess that uh, when was that week five? Yeah. So I would guess that in week five, I do not think that Ben Roethlisberger took the Jaguars seriously. 
Probably not. You know what I'm saying? And there was a lot of drama going on in the locker room at that oh, point you know what? with that's Martavis right. Bryant. You know what? That's a good point. A lot of, lot of egos point. clashing. That's a good point. And Hopefully ben was playing Antonio so well in December. Yeah. You're not going to see a five-pick Ben on I, Sunday. I hope not. I am concerned about the two weeks off, but they needed the rest. They but did. still. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's such a veteran team, too. Yeah. Boy, we're getting off track. Not really. We're talking football, man. Yeah. It's the offseason. What the hell? Yeah, exactly. i uh, got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to get to uh, a lot of coaching news, which is why we'll uh, hit the North Turner thing. But um, it, this is really the Matt Harmon podcast. Why? Because other than news, we're talking coach speak. It's a great article written by our very own Matt Harmon. Uh, you can go find it today right now, NFL.com slash Matt Harmon. And what he does – Oh, excuse Harmon. me. Harmon. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting or garbage, myself. depending. Right. Slash garbage. NFL.com slash Harmon. Okay. Um, he wrote a piece that highlights and details the most egregious coach speak coming in uh, to 2017 and how it led you astray in fantasy. <laughs> it's a great piece. It's a fun little roller coaster ride. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it is good. And I hope there's not. I hope there's not a a young up-and-coming upstart writer that that then chronicles our uh, misfires as well. Oh, oh no, don't do there that. Are <laughs> there were some. Shockingly, there were some. But when they come at us on Twitter, we just block them. So. <laughs> block Never to be heard of again. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. News. 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 Um, all right, let's start with the L.A. Rams. Is it your L.A. Rams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Still, oh, what? Still my Rams. Okay, they're out of the playoffs though. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So, are, so are my Panthers. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, it's our Rams. Oh, okay. but my Panthers. Interesting. I I feel as if that's not how you approached it this season. No. Uh, a lot of my Rams. Well, it was a, a lot of my Rams. Well, yeah, it's a yeah. moving target, I, I, so, okay. as as we know. It's a moving target. Um, <laughs> but I've settled on good, the fact good. that it's. Our Rams as, so, a collect, as a collective. So now that they're out of the playoffs, you don't want to own that team singularly. It's now a collective. Yeah. No, I, I pivoted to our Rams okay. uh, during the end of the season and uh, hmm. in the playoffs. Okay. Look at Go look at my Twitter feed. <laughs> go look at the numbers. The, the hashtag is no longer my Rams. It's okay. our Rams. Okay. All right, fair and enough. And it is, it is, for better or worse, it is my Panthers. Okay. I'm committed. (laughs) Well, Matt Harmon's Rams, they are expected to franchise tag Sammy Watkins. Just 39 receptions this year, 600-ish yards, but he did collect eight touchdowns. He's known, obviously, as a terrific red zone target. Proved it this year. Eight targets, or excuse me, eight uh, touchdowns on just 39 catches, which is very impressive. Now, listen, he's 24 years old. He's going to be 25 when uh, 2018 starts, if everything stays the same, Matt Harmon, I'll ask you this. Can he grow? Can Sammy Watkins grow his production? Do you do, do you expect it to stay about the same? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways to unpack this situation. And when I tweeted out about Sammy, I tweeted about Sammy Watkins, uh, actually from Pro Football Focus, apparently he did not have a drop all regular season. Of course, he dropped one pass, and that was in the playoffs. Uh, and it was quite an ill-timed one. All right. So that's, of course, you know, on everybody's memory. Yeah. When I tweeted that out, uh, a lot of people came back with, can't wait to see him move on from the Rams, didn't get enough targets, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I disagreed with that because I really think that for if you look at just some of the history anecdotally of wide receivers changing teams in free agency, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Right. I think it is better for Sammy Watkins to grow 
and to attempt to you know find a bigger role in this Rams offense rather than starting over, going to a new system, trying to find communication with a new quarterback. Yeah. I know the temptation is to have him move on, go to a place like San Francisco, and on the surface that does seem alluring. But I would much I prefer him from a fantasy asset, from just a, a player perspective, to stay where he's already growing and continue, like you said. I think he can get better in this offense uh and is with the chemistry coming with him and Jared Goff like let's not forget he came there in preseason you know guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were working with uh Goff throughout the offseason yeah the talent level is there certainly I, I mean you look at least on paper from an athletic profile he's the most uh athletic wide receiver that the, he's their best wide receiver they got at least on paper right but we didn't see that translate onto the field it was Robert Woods it was Cooper Cup uh primarily and uh, when Sammy Watkins could fit in, he fit in, and, and obviously he, with those eight touchdowns, that was nice, although we talk about it on this podcast all the time. Touchdowns are a fickle beast. Yeah. So that makes me – I think that's going to make a lot of folks a little bit worried uh, going into 2018. And and he did have a relatively healthy 2017 as well. I think that's a bigger story that you know and, a lot of people uh, are kind of ignoring. I, it, and, again, I, I know he was healthy in 2017 franchise, but – I don't know. I I guess I'm I guess I'm skeptical. Look, l- like Harmon said, he came to the team. I think it was like mid, like August 11th or something, like mm-hmm. probably three weeks before the regular season started. Uh-huh. And uh, obviously, there was immediate concern: Will they get him integrated? Will he know the offense? Will his route tree be limited? Oh my God! How and many people were saying that this was a huge downgrade for him? By the way, yeah, uh, because everyone Jared, everyone thought that Jared Goff was that's right a bust. No one knew that this Rams offense was going to be this high power and right. highest scoring offense in the league. Like. Right. It was and I'm kind of encouraged that in the off season you you you'd have to think a guy like Sean McVay will find ways to get Sammy Watkins integrated in a full off season mm-hmm. more chemistry with the golf he still had 70 targets Cup led the team with 94 Woods had 85 so the targets were spread around and that's what we saw with McVay's wide receivers in Washington too between Djax Garcon Crowder. And there were 2,000-yard receivers in that Washington offense in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with an offseason, uh, you know, Woods also uh, – I mean, Watkins led the team in a percentage of uh, air yards too. Yes. Well, he's a deep threat. Right. And I think that that's the way this is always going to be. Like you mentioned, this is always going to be a spread-out attack, and yep. there's never going to be a funnel receiver. And I think that's, that's what people – I think people are still holding on to what Sammy Watkins was coming out of college. Like, I don't think he's that player that needs to get 130, 140 targets as a clear number one receiver. But yeah. he can be a really good lid lifter in this offense. And it's going to be tough. I mean, we'll be sitting here in 2018. Yeah. God willing, we'll all still God be sitting willing, here. Yes. Uh, t- together and on the planet Earth. Uh, you know, that we'll still be here. And we'll be talking about how this <laughs> is a tough offense to predict week to week and everything like that. <laughs> right. Uh, and right. we'll ha- have to decipher the matchups. And th- it's also fair to point out for Watkins this year, in addition to all the other reasons he was behind the eight ball from like a learning the offense perspective, he also had a tough slate of cornerback matchups in the middle of the year. Uh, from weeks 11, 12, True. 13, he faced the Vikings and Xavier Rhodes, yeah. the Saints and Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, but that the, never the changes. The Cardinals though. and Patrick Peterson, don't you think? Well, this was just a particularly brutal slate of like individual cornerback matchups. I got you know, you. He also faced again. He faced the Cardinals earlier in the season. The the Jaguars uh, with Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye. Uh, hopefully it. next season, if the pass offense faces a softer schedule, uh, again it could just be more reasons for Sammy Watkins to improve in this offense. Like I think you're not going to draft him as a as a starting wide receiver, but no. he'll yeah. be like a like a Deshaun Jackson type player yeah. where he's that boom bust wide receiver uh, three that can help you win your. Week and yeah. hopefully you've 
plan properly to not have him kill your week either. Good call. All right, the Panthers, for whatever reason, decided to hire <laughs> Norv Turner. Here we go. Who is still <laughs> – Buckle up. Norv Turner is still somehow living off his reputation as an offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. This is back in the freaking 90s. Hmm. Let it go, guys. North Turner, I, I don't understand the hire. Well, I mean, I understand the hiring because he's got a relationship uh, with the head coach, Ron yes. Rivera, uh, who they work together in San Diego. But I, I, I'm just I'm baffled by it, man. It just doesn't make any sense. Literally every stop that he's been at for the past 10, 12 years, it, it's been – the offense has not been good. Before before Harmon uh, breaks this down, I just yes. want to point out something I tweeted out about Norv Turner with the last team he was with, with the Minnesota Vikings. Right. When he was hired in January 2014, Adrian Peterson was still on the team, and he was quoted as saying, Norv Turner is, quote, the perfect guy for the Vikings offense. By November 6, 2016, the yes. headline is, Norv, Turn Norv Turner thought he was holding the Vikings offense back. <laughs> And that's yeah. why he left. So it's like. And by the way, he was. Yeah. By the yeah. way, he was. It's it's yeah. like everyone gets so excited about this guy, and then you're like, oh, wait, what have we done? I don't understand. Get out of here. I, I really, I just, I'm, I'm baffled by it. I'll give you one other stat. You talk about before and after, right? Because clear, yeah. clearly, clearly after Norv left, the offense uh, matured, grew, and turned into a, a very good offense, as we've seen. Yeah, Pat Shermer's getting with, head coaching interviews left and right. With the help of yeah. another guy we'll talk about here in a minute. Exactly. Yeah, Pat Shermer. So when I when I go back and I look at his stint with the with the San Diego Chargers, yeah. all right? In 2006, Marty Schottenheimer uh, was the head coach, and then in 2007, Norv Turner took over head coaching duties. Now, remember, he was is still considered to be uh, a great offensive mind. When he took over the team immediately, and, and keep in mind, there was no drastic personnel changes here, okay? The team immediately scored 15 less touchdowns <laughs> and 800 fewer yards. Oh. When he left in 2012 and Mike McCoy took over in 2013, again, no significant personnel changes, Mike McCoy grew the offense by 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Wow. That is bad. That's interesting because he didn't have a top five scoring offense all all of those years that Norv was head coach. I guess except except his last year, except his his final year. Where they were twentieth. They were twentieth. Where it cratered. It just was. I don't know, man. I'm uh, like I said, I don't I don't understand the hiring, but um, but here we go. But we do have breaking news. We do we have we do have breaking Norv news. <laughs> uh, so Chris, producer Chris, right, uh, like out of nowhere, drops this bomb on us before, bomb. but right before we started recording, we've been sitting, <laughs> we've been sitting here BSing for like 10, 15 minutes, and Chris points out that um, that Norv, during his time away from football, co-wrote a country song with none other than Steve Mariucci's son, our own Steve Mariucci. He's right. apparently an artist. He's apparently a country singer. Now, if you want to find, you can just simply Google Norv Turner country music, and it'll pop up. A lot will pop up. A lot will pop up. Yeah. Oh, or you can just go to. I've tweeted this out uh, at Matt Harmon underscore byb. Uh, don't bother following; it's not a good account. Um, but you can see the tweet there. It's my most recent one. Not only was I able to find the song on YouTube, it's yes. called uh, "Things I've Never Done" by Stephen Ray. Stephen Ray Mariucci, that is. Okay. Uh, I was also able to independently confirm. Independently confirm uh, the story by going to our own Steve Mariucci's Twitter feed where he tweeted this out in December 2017. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, all a sales 
are being donated to Make a Wish in December and January. Nice. So if you go That's and awesome. buy the song on iTunes, there you uh, go. You can you can support Make a Wish. Okay. So good on Norv and Steve. Now let's uh, <laughs> now let's <laughs> now let's tear them down again. <laughs> I don't get it. I really, I so, really, really don't get it. As you mentioned, though, I think this all comes down to familiarity. Um, it sounds like just just from what I'm. By the way, the, just the backstory is North Turner was the head coach of San Diego. Ron Rivera was his defensive coordinator. He's a linebackers coach uh, and defensive coordinator. <clears throat> yes, in San Diego. And yeah, so they're familiar with each other. Uh, and it sounds it sounds like to me that. They made the move to fire Mike Shula and Ken Dorsey knowing that they were going to hire Norv. I mean, I said at 9.17 a.m. the morning that Mike Shula was fired uh, that this is all fun and games until Norv is hired within five days. It took just over 24 hours to be official. Uh, So... I, I think it's all about familiarity, and again, I think I think we we talk about these things all the time on the outside, you know, yeah. in terms of like how's this gonna like how's this gonna help the offense, how's this gonna help this player. But these these people are also trying to try. And it sounds like I'm gonna cape up for the move here. But I'm not necessarily doing that, but it's you know these people are also trying to create working environments. They're trying to get like personalities right. There's a really good piece in the Chicago Sun Times talking about Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, like trying to figure each other out behind the scenes before they. Uh, before they hired it, before they officially hired Nagy, because yeah. they didn't know each other. Norvin Rivera know each other. I think Cam Newton is a complicated personality, and I know the temptation is that people want to get an exciting young offensive coordinator in there to work with Cam and McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel, and all these weapons. But Cam is a, is a unique human being, and I think that Rivera probably likes the idea of more of an established voice, somebody that has a pedigree that commands respect like Norv coming in there uh, to stabilize this offense. And quite frankly, like I got a lot of questions about the move. I hope Norv has evolved a little bit as a coach. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Just as a country music writer. And, I mean, <laughs> at least he's, at least he's, uh, at least he's evolved as a country music writer. I, I hope he's evolved as a coach. Um, but the, the, but the the thing the thing about this is that I love that you're trying to actually find words to describe how it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. It's, it's, <laughs> it, I think it's better than Shula. I think it's better than Shula. I think they needed a change. I, that's I, that's, I, that's I, a positive. That's right? the thing. I also think that I think it's the not though. It, it, it's no, not. I disagree. I think they needed to make a change from it's Shula. It's not. I mean, look, I I agree with you that that uh, it, it probably it was not clearly not working out between Shula. And Ron Rivera, but don't go in this direction. Oh my God, there's so many directions you could have gone. Don't go down this road. I don't. We're gonna be sitting here eight months from now, halfway through the season next year, and I, everyone's gonna be. I told you so. You know, it's there's no way this works out. There is no way this works out. I, if you want one positive, okay, uh, for one player in this offense, I do really like the fit of Devin Funches in the offense um, All right. running those bang. Uh, Tori Holt tweeted this out yesterday that uh, they're, they're going to be running a lot of bang eight post routes, a lot of right. deep digs. I think those are the perfect routes for Funches. So that is at least uh, at least one thing I'm excited about. Uh, Greg Olson, I guess, if you know, you're looking for a play. I, I mean, he's already been great, so I don't see very much. You know, it's not like he's going to grow in that offense. It's just he's just going to be there. He's just going to be it's really regular strange. Greg Olson. I, mean, I, jo- I tweeted <coughs> out a joke that Norv Turner will install 10 plays specifically for Curtis Samuel 
because that was a storyline when Norv came to the Vikings and they had Cordero <laughs> yeah. Patterson. Cordero that Patterson. was a headline. Like, Norv creates 10 plays just for Cordero <laughs> Patterson. And he had, like, that one good game and then fell off the face. I was the mad. Earth. I was – Gelhar's not here, so I'm going to talk about him behind his back. I was mad triggered the <laughs> other day when he said, like, yeah, and then, you know, you're going to trust Norv Turner with all these weapons. Like, he squandered Cordero Patterson. I'm like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> squandered Cordero Patterson. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Nobody. The only person that squandered Patterson was Patterson. That's so right. I don't That's even right. know if he can read ten plays in right. the playbook. The thing That's about right. Norv's offense is they've always had a three-down bell cow running. You know, yeah. even go back to the nights: Emmett Smith, Ladanian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson. Jonathan Stewart's not that guy. You want somebody that can really maximize Christian McCaffrey, right? Yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen? I though. mean, at least he had some history with Sproles. In, That's uh, true. In, yeah. in San Diego. <laughs> he did mix so in sprawls. I, I don't know. They were always good running offenses there with the Chargers uh, and, and North Turner. Well, I, I mean, LaDainian Tomlinson. So yeah, but even, happens. like, I mean, Michael Turner, like, he was developed into, like, a sleeper there before he moved on to free agency sprawls, as I said. But yeah. I don't know. It's Cam, it's Cam Newton's the Panthers' three down running back. Right. <laughs> really, so that's exactly much. right. I hope. Uh, I hope and they that's just, a storyline we shall yeah. get to in Coach Speak coming up as well. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, <laughs> the Vikings, Vikings offensive coordinator Pat Shermer is now a head coaching candidate in Arizona. We'll see if if that all pans out. Seahawks, a lot of change up in the Pacific Northwest. Man, they fired their OC Daryl Bevel after what seven seasons. They fired their O line coach Tom Cable. D.C. defensive coordinator Chris Richard is apparently out as well. And there are rumors abound that Steve Sarkeesian will reconnect and reunite with Pete Carroll. Really strange, um, but yes. As Steve Sarkeesian continues to fail forward somehow. Steve, you got a game on Saturday, bud. Yeah. I don't. That's yeah. literally uh, never stopped him ever before. <laughs> ever. Yeah. A, ga- a, a big game coming up. Big that's game. literally never. As a matter of fact – the bigger the game, the more rumors there are of Steve Sarkeesian leaving his current post. That's this how it's so weird. This is what he feasts on. This is his. Just this is his place. One season in Atlanta, and he's going to leave. Well, I don't uh, think Atlanta I mean, Atlanta's going to be too upset to see him go. I mean, didn't he just do one game? One game for with Bama. Uh, as the Alabama, OC. Did that's all I was going to say. One game. One mean, game. One season. That's nothing. What's with this guy? He's like that guy, the LinkedIn profile, where he's like spent three months here. Yeah, three months yeah, here. He's yeah. got like a hundred jobs. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. His resume looks beefy until you look at oh time spent. God. You're like, what? What's time going on? Red flag. Three months. Uh, <clears throat> now that being said, Atlanta did deny those rumors as well. But uh, the rumored, the rumored replacement for him in Atlanta is Jed Fish. By the way, who's UCLA's? That? Uh, offensive coordinator oh. or yeah, former the, UCLA offensive coordinator. I, I think he still technically is employed by UCLA as the offensive coordinator and, and quarterback coach. Jed has really a, because they fired um, uh, what's his name. Um, he's still per per the internet. Interesting. All right. Uh, he's <laughs> fair enough. He, he's still there. Well, um, per the internet, you're Allen Robinson's father. So that's that's, also, that's, that's also, also true. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but uh, anyways, <laughs> but Fish has a he has a pro history too. He was a Jaguars coordinator in their illustrious 2013 and 2014 season. He also oh, spent boy. some time under Brian Billick. I got to interview Jed Fisher in the spring game last year, and one of the things yeah, that he right. did with Josh Rosen mm-hmm. and some of those uh, offensive players on UCLA, he would put up tape of like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and cut ups kind of motivate these guys for the pros. So he has that pro prep pedigree. He I does. wouldn't be yeah. surprised. No, I actually to see like Jet. Yeah, I do too. I like Jet Fish as a play caller yeah, he and was I like what he did with UCLA. Quarterbacks coach for Seahawks under Pete Carroll's first year with the team. He's been back and forth between there and college a okay. lot. Okay. There you go. Um uh, Chargers, they signed Robert 
Arguayo. Roberto. Roberto. Roberto Aguayo. Arguayo. To a futures deal. Aguayo. Aguayo. It's not <laughs> Arguayo. It's not Argyle. Okay, I don't know. Does it? There's no R in there. The bottom line is. It's early. <clears throat> it's early. Bottom line is, who cares? Yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't know. This, you, a you put it a in kicker. the rundown. There was too much pressure on this kid as a second-round <laughs> draft pick, and he I missed guess, a bunch of kicks. And I then, guess what I'm saying, though, is if you're a team that in 2017 you literally did not get into the playoffs because of your kicking woes, literally. I mean, they would have made the playoffs if if they had a reliable kicker. You're going <laughs> to you're gonna sign uh, to – I get to a futures deal, so who cares? But, I mean, you're going to sign uh, one of the most unreliable kickers? Second-round pick? I mean, it's January 10th, and this is not going to be the end all. It's just yeah. it's just a guy who has enormous potential, who went in the second round, who didn't miss a kick in college. He's got it's a great crazy. story, by the way. Uh, I'm actually really rooting for this kid. Because I know. He's got a really good it story. Is, I'd like it's to see him bounce back. It's yeah. crazy that he never – I mean – how he's the most accurate place kicker in college football history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in college football Didn't history. I feel the Bears uh, after the yeah. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was did. with the Panthers uh, practice squad for a little bit too. Unbelievable. When they were not sure if he was going to, if uh, Graham Gano was going to play in one game, and I was like, oh man, they're actually he, and, and it was a Bucks game too. Oh, so it could have been a revenge, revenge. game. Yes, we were like we it. really missed out on that one. We did. I'm rooting for Aguayo too, just because I feel bad for him that like I feel like he was set up to fail because he was. Yeah, they traded up for him in the second round, which is just an atrocious pick. Like no matter which way you slice right. it, I think with the kicker, it's it just it's so mental. Yeah, it's and mental. you 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 wonder what happened between being the yeah. most prolific kicker right. in college football history right. to missing key kick after key kick. And yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe he got his headspace back. Uh, uh, you know, I just think maybe I mean to to talk about the headspace here. I, I mean, he was just a he was just a guy. At Florida State, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they he had a big story. I mean, he had he was just a guy. He wasn't like it's not like they ever made a big deal uh, uh, of this kid there, you know. So it just I don't know. Once he once he became a second round pick, all of a sudden he was a storyline. Yeah, I think that kind of messed with his head a little bit. Anyway, speaking of the Chargers, they retained Ken Wisenhunt and Gus Bradley as their respective coordinators on the offensive and defensive side. I think that's a I, it's, it's huge. It's yeah. it's huge. It's a surprise. And it's and as you mentioned, Producer Gray, it's it's a big deal for the Chargers to retain both these guys because I tell you what, man, a lot of people are getting after Gus. A yeah. lot of people wanted Gus yeah. Bradley, and I think just to have that continuity 100%. on both sides of the football, they don't have a lot of free agents to bring in largely the same team back. Yep. And then you look at the division. There's a rebranding in Oakland. Mm -hmm. uh, Denver struggled. We yep. don't know what Kansas City's going to look like with Patrick Mahomes potentially, with right. Alex Smith potentially out oh, the door. Man. So point. you're starting to see some stability. And last year – In a very I, unstable division. Unstable division. And then last year, I think people underestimate just the job that Anthony Lynn did because they were relocating a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. He was a new coach in a yeah, relocation yeah. situation with new coordinators. And a testament to him, he kept Ken Wisenhunt on because yeah. he said, hey, if I have good coaches on the staff, yep. I'm going to keep good coaches. That's right. You get Gus Bradley, and now you're starting to see some continuity. This time of year in January where there's some turnover with other teams – in their front office and their coaching staff, these guys can just get rolling, get to the senior bowl in a couple of weeks, yeah. and start continuing to build their team. Uh, they suffered a, a ton of offensive line injuries again. Um, guys in and out of the lineup, um, and I thought that I thought they did a really good job of being able to mask some of those injuries as well. So um, I, I like the job that they did. Anthony Lynn did there uh, with the with the Chargers, and I, I'm really excited about what they can get done 
in 2018 as well. Now, I do think that they'd probably need to approach the quarterback position a little bit carefully. They probably need to draft one. Yeah. Uh, but, again, it's just going to be a situation where if they bring all the guys back, if they could play, a, uh, you know, the way they played the last couple months of the season throughout an entire course of mm-hmm. a season. They got Cardell Jones, man. They yeah. do. Oh, there you go. But you mentioned, you mentioned the offensive line, James. They allowed 16 sacks or 18 sacks this year, 36 the year before. So yeah. you cut that number in yeah. half. I yeah. think Russell Kuhn was a big part of that. Plus you get Forrest Lamp back, who was their second round That's pick. That's what I'm saying. A potential starter in 2017 who got hurt. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll tell you this too. The fact that uh, Philip Rivers took less sacks – I think that's why he looked fresher at the end of the season. 100%. That's why he was playing at at the level that he was playing at at the end of the season as well. Mike Pettin, the new Packers defensive coordinator. I wish Alex Gelhar was here. to. I, I'd love to get his take on it. I think it's a great move. Oh, wait, he just walked in. Here he is. Here, sit down, Alex. What's up, buddy? Oh, hey, guys. Oh. What's you, up, Alex? I think you probably want to stream the Packers defense every week now. Oh, God, get out of here. <laughs> Sorry, I got I to gotta run now and, and drink some more coffee and, and beer with my family All who's right. in town. Thanks for the Packers takes. We're going All to, right, a, we're going to a, a cheese factory tour. Oh, a cheese gosh. factory. He's right. gonna, I hope he doesn't Bye, guys. Oh, He's going to be so mad. Oh, it was good. Good, a good cheese factory <laughs> tour. It was, it was good of Alex to stop by, huh? Yeah, that was real big of him on a day off. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's always good when you can show real dedication to yeah, the show. Like yeah, this, yeah, that's, that's nice. true. Yeah, and, well, uh, wish wish him and the family well this weekend. He gave a very original take of uh, stream the Packers. Defense. I mean, it was in his matchups column every week. <laughs> Pretty much. It was terrible. God, Joe. I really <laughs> hope he doesn't listen. God, Joe Philbin. <laughs> Is the Packers' new OC? Uh, he re- was the OC there, remember, from 2007 to 2011. Uh, so there's familiarity there with he and Mike McCarthy. Akbar, our very own Akbar Bajbi Milis, says Philbin is a very nice man. So, oh, yeah. sick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the source. In-depth analysis God there. <laughs> Why the hell did you bring that up? It's just That's what he says about Joe Philbin. I don't know. He's a very nice man. He's All right, cool. Nice Remember poor Joe Philbin <clears throat> on Hard Knocks? Yeah. Uh, and, like, yeah. the awkward Chad Johnson release. Yes. Like, oh. <laughs> it was so awkward oh when goodness. they traded Monte Davis. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, yes, uh, but uh, Akbar says very. By the way, that's about uh, that's such a non sequitur, but it's the kind of non sequitur analysis that you will occasionally find from uh, various <laughs> fantasy analysts around the uh, fantasy scope. So, I I just thought I'd, I'd throw it in. Look, look, I'll take it. At least I can laugh seems at myself. Like a nice guy. Yeah, seems. <laughs> exactly. I mean, from what I've seen was, on TV and yeah, whatnot. Sure. Akbar says he's a very nice man. So Thanks, there you Akbar. Go. Nice person. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> nice, of, nice of Akbar to stop in. And <laughs> we've had a lot of guests. Can I make that stuff. the title today? Yes. Joe Philbin is a very nice man. Yes. Per, per Akbar. God. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Uh, uh, but, yeah, you're right. He has familiarity. It's good. That's nice. Yeah, it sounds good. like the Packers are uh, are going to give this coaching staff one last whirl around. I like Mike Pettin there as the DC. I think Me he too. Can, I think he can uh, – look, man, they've got some pieces. They really do. I like I that know. Martinez kid at linebacker. I think Demarius Randall can be salvaged um, Quarterba- as a player. Quarterback's a real question mark. Quarterback's a real question mark there. They've right? got some guys up exactly. front. I mean, Clay yeah. Matthews is – on more commercials and he makes plays now, but yes. still. Yes, he's um, still a guy. He's still a guy. He's still care, a guy that can diagnose okay. plays, I think. 
Yeah, they got great. I mean, they, like Mike Daniels is a really good player. Very good player. Uh, Pairing? Kenny, Kenny Clark. Yeah, the, Kenny uh, Clark. The player yeah. they drafted at UCLA 100%. a couple yep. years ago. He's really good. So, and I like – I've always liked Mike Pettin, like, as a defensive coordinator. Yep. He just – Bombed know, as had, a Cleveland head coach. You know what, though? His first year, he wasn't that bad. And I think we now that we look back on all the coaches that they burned through, yeah. it's like maybe you should have give, given Mike Pettin another year. Sure. You maybe yeah. they could have said the same thing about Bill Belichick. Brown's going to Brown. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, I mean, gosh. no, you, you know what, though, uh, uh, Chris, to, to your point, though, remember that Mike Pettin got saddled with, uh, with uh, Johnny Manziel and that yeah. whole Ooh. that whole drama. I mean, he was 7-9 his first year. And, oh, Mike, I just remembered they completely – Six more wins than Hugh Jackson. And they completely whiffed on their first pick in the first round. Who was that Gilbert. quarterback? Gilbert. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a flame out. Gilbert and Manziel, I think, in the Holy first round. Gilbert. Yeah, Justin Holy Gilbert. Wow. Justin Gil- he was a stealer he- for a minute. He was. Really? Yeah, yeah. he was for a Sad. second. Yeah. But, I mean, they Don't spent, even know. <laughs> they, spent the, they spent the top ten pick on him, man. That's It's pretty bad when, like, you made two first-round picks and, and Johnny Manziel arguably wasn't the worst one. <laughs> like, <laughs> that there's actually a legitimate argument. <clears throat> That's amazing. That is amazing, but yeah, yes. he was he was really screwed. I forgot they went seven seven and nine that year. Yeah, you just kind of figured it out. They were just always terrible. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator that year too. That's right. That was the Hoyer. And then he wanted out. Oh, that's yeah. right. Hey, let's get to coach speak, shall we? Let's do it again. NFL.com/slash/Harmon if you'd like to find the piece. It's a, it's really interesting, man. It, it it's a very fun read. But um, let's break down some of the the sections you have here. But Pete Carroll, his optimism towards running backs, his own particular. Running backs really put fantasy owners in an awkward place. Yeah, Pete Carroll's boundless misplaced backfield optimism was the section of this one. Uh, Pete Carroll back in May uh, said that he expected his ground game to come roaring right back. Wow. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, Russell Wilson ended up leading the team in rushing. Oh. Chris Carson, who was placed on IR in September, did lead the running back group in rushing with 208 yards until he was passed in week 17 <laughs> by Mike Davis, who joined the team on November 14th. Amazing. Unreal, dude. Unbelievable. Uh, by the way, the, the starting – remember, all the way back in, in the beginning of the year, the starting tandem was expected to be Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy had – 179 hey, Don't total. forget about the myth of C.J. Proceis. Yeah. Well, that's true he as well. He was going to mix in. But he got he injured. He played like 10 well, snaps yeah. or something yes, all right. season. Well, my, my point is as like he is wants to. The, two, the two players who I mentioned finished the team with the team lead in rushing. Yeah. Uh, neither of them were mentioned in this article because we barely knew they existed yet. Oh, there was a guy that we did, had no – J.D. McKissick. Only running back to score a touchdown for the Seahawks. J.D. McKissick year. actually what? led the running backs in total yards. Rushing touchdown. He's the only, he's the only running back to score a rushing touchdown, correct. Did Chris Carson had a receiving one, yes, I believe. Correct. Yes, yeah. you are right. J.D. McKissick <laughs> led the running back core <clears throat> with 453 total yards. Total. Jeez. Right. Led all Seattle running backs in total yards with 453. I don't know how many games he played, but he certainly did not play uh, that many games. And he didn't play that many snaps. I know that for sure. And so he's a converted wideout. It's crazy, man. Uh, but, but again, the, the, starting, uh, the, the article that you're referencing, Harmon, <clears throat> the starting tandem was expected to be Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy, 179 on the ground. Thomas Rawls, 157 on 
the ground. Yeah, less than 400 yards combined. Un- unbelievable. That's did not <laughs> did not clear wow. 40 yards rushing in <laughs> any game this year. That was Thomas Rawls, uh, and and yeah, Pete Carroll even doubled Woo! down and uh, saying later in the offseason that Thomas Rawls uh, was right back to form of years past. He, he, he was not. Every like every he couple weeks or every other week, it was like, they're going to give Thomas Rawls another chance. This is Thomas yes, Rawls' week. It is. You're right. And he just didn't do anything. Yeah. And, I mean, they if you look at the next-gen stats, like they were always getting hit in the backfield. The offensive yes. line was the offensive blocking. Line was an absolute mess. Guys like Chris Carson and Mike Davis had an okay time. Yeah, they were ma- they were trying to make it work anyways. Yeah, uh, guys like Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls just look completely <laughs> smothered. Yeah. Um. But yes, again, I- I'll be interested to see what happens in the backfield yeah. in 2018. Offensive line coach Tom Cable was relieved of his duties. He was indeed one to watch. Yeah. He they was selected indeed. 18 this year. You know how many good running backs are in the first round? They need one. Yeah. You could probably get one in the second. I, I yeah. guess, too. Yeah, it's deep. I would Beat rather – the offensive line the first round? I yeah. would almost rather they spend literally all seven picks on offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> literally. They spend they, – they should spend some on the line. Um, they're going to – and they need to rebuild their defense. Their I mean, defense is Seattle completely shattered. has a lot of needs. I think just the fact that they got pretty decent production out of guys like Davis and Carson is means they probably ignore their running back position. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So, the re- and this is why I'm saying that they need to address the offensive line because here's the deal. If Russell Wilson gets hurt, and and keep in mind, okay, so Russell Wilson had a great 2017. Mm-hmm. In 2016, he wasn't nearly as dynamic. Why is that? You got to remember, in 2016, he was dealing with lower body injuries pretty much all year because he was getting hit so often. Banged up. If that happens again in 20, I think he just, by the skin of his teeth, was able to avoid major hits. Uh, in 2017, I, you can't rely on that going into next season. They have to address offensive line. Why? And, and, I, and I get that they're going to have to to talk about the defense as well, uh, draft at that position. But if you if you lose Russell Wilson for any stretch of games next year, forget it. Just an interesting note on the Seahawks offense too. Uh, Tom Gower. Uh, I don't know if he still writes for Football Outsiders or or what, but he used to. Well, I guess he still contributes there. Football Outsiders. Uh, he retweeted out that the Seahawks ranked 32nd in offensive DVOA in the first quarter this year and first in offensive DVOA in the fourth quarter this year. So <laughs> not only are they slow starting in the season now, they're slow starting <laughs> in the middle of games yeah, exactly. and heating up in the fourth quarter. It's craziness. I, I, Seattle is going to be just such a fascinating team to watch this offseason, and this running back group will certainly be a part of yeah. it. Uh, Julio Jones, his red zone usage, <laughs> the coach speaks surrounding his red zone. I, I, I guess Steve Sarkeesian was saying that he was going to get Julio Julio Jones a ton of looks in the red zone. Matt Harmon did not happen. Interesting enough, he did. Uh, Julio Jones, that is, did have 19 red zone targets, which was tied for seventh most in the NFL this year. Uh, but he still only scored a career low three touchdowns. Uh, they weren't creative red zone looks, if you ask me. Going back and watching some of those plays, they were a lot of like low percentage fade routes, of course. Of course. Um, and it just – Really wasn't uh, it wasn't it was not a, a good situation at all. Why don't they ever have him running from the slot? I remember in a, the red zone. I, remember, I don't understand. I remember a play when they faced Seattle in the playoffs last year, where Kyle Shanahan had him do exactly that. Had him get away from Richard Sherman, managed to get him isolated in the slot, and he caught a touchdown on I believe that on that route or or a big third down conversion. I can't remember, but those are the type of plays that they should. I don't get it because when your field of play is that truncated vertically, 
you got to find space. How do you find space? You can only find space horizontally, right? So if you if you line him out wide, there's not really that many ways he can go. You know what I mean? So right. I just I don't get why they don't run him in the slot more often, especially in, in goal to go situations. But yeah. whatever. Atlanta was 27th in red zone conversion rate this year. Yikes! Um, and they've got a good chance to get back to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. which is crazy uh, to say. Cam Newton will certainly run less. That's what the coaching staff said. They meant it this time. They meant it this time. They did not mean it this time. Cam Newton uh, finished with a career-high 139 rush attempts, a career-high 754 (laughs) rushing yards in 2017. A Doubled up his rushing yards from 2016 to 2017. Amazing. Uh, Unbelievable. Um, This one actually – Ten- technically benefited fantasy owners, um, but because obviously he that was his rushing really boosted him up to a, another top ten finish. It, you know who it didn't help? It didn't help all the uh, Christian McCaffrey truthers in the preseason. Cam Newton's gonna run less. They're gonna give the ball to their dynamic playmaker and Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's, they're gonna do it. McCaffrey still had like a hundred something targets. Uh, they, yeah, so. they, they pounded him in the passing game. But yes, yeah, so it just. I don't know, man. It's just it, this was this was a storyline I bought zero yeah. percent in the preseason. Zero percent. How, how do you take away the number one thing that makes Cam Newton special? That's like, what I was saying. The thing is, though, like That's, they just and he said he referenced that too in a quote something but, about. He but said you, you can't. You do you expect a lion not to roar? Yeah. A- and and the other thing that I was it, a panther. Here's the thing: a coaching staff can can design out or play out a running back or a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you're a quarterback, the ball's in your hand. You, you could make whatever play call you want at the line. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, and I think yeah. a it's lot tough. of it's instinctual with a guy like Newton. You're yeah. under pressure. You're, you're like, I'm huge and I am yeah. fast. I'm going to run. I'd be and interested to see how many design plays, run plays they had for Cam this year. Because to, especially towards the end of the season, like when all of their wide receivers were hurt, uh, the running game, I mean, really never got going. No. There were several plays where he would just take off undesigned runs up the middle of the line, and I mean they'd gain seven yards. It's on. It's hard to stop. The Panthers are in. A, I mean, and I wrote in this article that we should obviously approach the keyboard with caution when we're uh, when we're ready to write the 576th story in Cam Newton's career about how his team wants to limit the <laughs> one attribute that does make him special, <laughs> as franchise said. But it's a real double-edged sword because look, you've got to. You, you've got to you be careful. Take those hits, man. Can't take those hits. I mean, we see him all the time. Take take punishment. Uh, you Coming want off shoulder surgery this off season. Exactly. Right. I, I I think they really intended for him to run less. But I agree. The offense cratered around him, and you know. Coming back to North Turner, oh uh, maybe, oh <laughs> maybe he'll just take most of his punishments on those deep drops that Norv lo- loves to run behind an offensive oh pass protect. So Jesus. I don't know. I, <laughs> I I I think the Panthers. What a horrible fit this is. I think the Panthers are a fascinating team to watch this offseason because I really hope they pursue a veteran free agent uh, at wide receiver. Uh, but they do return Devin Fungus, who I think had like a a breakout campaign he did. Oh, last yeah, year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Curtis Samuel started to look good right before he got hurt. I really like Demir Bird as a lid lifter. If they can get a veteran free agent in there to kind of complete that core, it's really nice with Greg Olson returning and and yeah. Christian McCaffrey. So maybe next year is the year that runs that uh, that Cam runs less. But let's just 
wait to see it before we before Here's we another, write about it. This is another team that needs to address offensive line a little bit. Yes. Um, and uh, and on the defense as well. Uh, they've got an aging defense. That's that's a defense that is. I, I they think were horrible covering on the back end. Towards yeah, the end. and I think they're on a razor's edge, man. Um, this that's a team that that could defensively could fall off a cliff in 2018. Could could not saying they will, but they could, just given the age and the lack of depth that they have on the uh, on the defensive side. All right, how about Mike McCarthy on Ty Montgomery? Oh, boy. <laughs> this was one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, this, this one, this, this this one my, hurt. My favorite headline. No, because this one here. absolutely hurt. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. I, I talked about this was one that I bought into, too, hard. Uh, talked about it in multiple sections. Uh, local Green Bay man believes in position change fairy tale. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so uh, Mike McCarthy gave a, a full statement to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero in late July. I parsed out some of that to see uh, what actually happened. Right off the start, he plays 16 games plus the playoffs. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Pause. <laughs> Stop mid-sentence. All right, all right. Here, Mike McCarthy, the converted receiver, played just eight games this year and was in and out of the lineup constantly he was injured five touches into his fourth game this year he basically Ah. played three games right yeah continuing (laughs) that sentence we'll be saying a lot of great things about him in january well it's january now and the only thing we're really saying about ty montgomery is how high we should take his former (laughs) backups aaron jones and jamal williams in our 2018 Uh, fantasy drafts and theorizing about the workload split between the duo uh you know, as you've noted on a couple of podcasts ago, you forgot Ty Montgomery even existed. I completely James forgot he existed. So while that technically, jeez, <laughs> while you did say things, they were hardly great things. Uh, yes, I agree. Uh, he can obviously run it. How obvious? I don't was I, it. I don't know because he the, averaged what like three point five yards a carry. Or Ty Montgomery averaged three point one yards 3. per 1. carry in the first three weeks oh, of no. the regular season when oh, he no. was the feature back and checked in with a checked in at a sterling one oh seventh in Pro Football Focus's elusiveness rating oh. among all running backs this year. Oh, no. He finished in the same range as rushing luminaries Robert Turbin and Fozzie Whitaker. Yes. Hey, they're good. Hey. <laughs> That guy is a stud now. That guy finished third on his team in rushing, just barely edging out quarterback Brett Hundley by a whopping three rushing yards. Mike, it definitely appears you were trying to talk yourself into believing this one. In fairness, you got a lot of us to buy in, myself included. Perhaps the words of George Casanza do ring true in this case. It's not a lie if you believe it. (laughs) Man. Great. Great, great stuff. Man. <clears throat> you know what? I the, My favorite thing about this whole piece, though, is that you wrote an entire section on just Hugh Jackson. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. He has so many egregious, just wrong. It's my favorite. This just is, wrong, wrong, wrong coach speak. Just I mean, as, just unbelievable. As, just a slight, like, funny note, too. Like, when you – when we post these fantasy pieces, like – you know, we we code them ourselves. Uh, those of us in the stronghold and um, not famous folk like James Coe here. Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't back read anything. No. It's all right. I just write. Anyways, and then I watch uh, you guys butcher my work. You write, please. <laughs> That's rude. That stuff's I take a mess. Back the <laughs> <where> you <laughs> said, uh, anyways. Yes, go ahead. But so some like you get to post like you know you get to include the own, your own videos when we do these and the one that i grabbed for Hugh Jackson here is perfect cuz it's just a still of his face just looking like 
that emotionless emotion yeah. like, face. So it's perfect for the thing, the BS things that Hugh Jackson said. And there's so many. So Hugh Jackson really uh, – he kind of famously made a push for the NFL's chief disinformation artist uh, position when he puffingly proclaimed, it felt like the earth moved beneath my feet when watching Robert Griffin III God, go so through bad. a private workout. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Before <clears throat> Jimmy Haslam directed his staff – Go get him at Jackson's behest. Uh, he hasn't let up since then. And oh, by the way, yeah, this is this is where you know, like, complete crap. When it's like Hughes, I just you know they didn't get Hugh players or whatever. Hugh directed them to go get RG three, who obviously was a bust. But that's 2016. Let's come back to the present. okay, okay. Maybe he's improved. Not quite. Maybe he's improved. You yeah, know, remember, season. remember, Maybe he's grown. Remember Cody Kessler. <laughs> Oh, Do you remember him? Of yes, course. I Let's, remember. Again, we're, we're coming back. I actually back covered him in high school. Yes. Wow, that's fun. Uh, we're kind of back to 2016 here, but when when Cody Kessler was drafted by the Browns, Hugh Jackson said, you have to trust me on this one. Fast forward to 2017, Cody Kessler finished third on the team in pass attempts with 23 and was always a distant third behind Deshaun Kaiser and current Broncos quarterback Brock Osweiler oh, wow. in the preseason quarterback battle. So do we really have to? Believe uh, by the way, re- remember this too. Cody Kessler was not expected to get drafted. He was not expected to get it's a third round pick. Drafted. They burned a third round pick on Cody Kessler. Metrics, man. Yep. No. He was not a metrics guy. And none of it made sense. None of it. He was not a good athlete. He wasn't tall. He didn't have a big arm. There was lit there was literally no metrics to speak of at all. There were some fantasy folks after his first year trying to cape up for Cody Kessler based on, like, his yard per attempt, and it's like, just, oh, my God, stop. Uh, anyways, speaking, speaking of quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, oh Hugh Jackson named – I forgot about this until – I forgot about a lot of this and was like – like, when I wrote this whole Hugh section, I was just like, my eyes were rolling out of the back of my head. It's <laughs> um, just so despicable, the, the, the fibbing. Uh, Jackson <laughs> named rookie rookie quarterback Deshaun Kaiser his, his starter in week one, and he said when he did so, this is not just for the moment. We're going to get with Deshaun and ride him, ride with him oh my through God. it all. This was the worst. Jackson benched him by week six. Unbelievable. The rest of the regular season, uh, there were several more instances of Kaiser being yanked in and out of games, and the Browns would later engage in a failed trade attempt for Hugh Jackson's love child, A.J. McCarron, of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> oh, my God. They were going to give up a second a second and a third? Was it a second and a third? I don't At least a second round pick. For McCarron. To go get A.J. McCarron. What is Hugh Jackson's love affair with bad quarterbacks? He, lo- he loves them. There's that gift that I think Evan Silva like he tweeted out and like will retweet it every now and again. Actually, no, he had, he didn't retweet it, but he did. Uh, or he did not tweet it out, but he quote tweeted it and like and just laid out Jackson's record. But it's a gif of of just Hugh Jackson looking like he's running through a meadow to AJ McCarron and hugs him at the beginning of this Bengals game. And I think the caption is, "Find someone who loves you." Like, like you loves AJ McCarron. McCarron. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Wasn't the owner right next to him too? <clears throat> I don't know. Man. I can't. I can't remember that. But uh, so back to Hugh Jackson's lies. Uh, Jackson, this is this is the big one that screwed. I think a lot of people. Okay. Jackson insisted to us back in June that the Browns had to quote run the ball more. I'll oh be God. the first to tell you that. Oh God. He even went so far as to say I beat myself up about that in regards to how quickly the Browns got away from the run in 2016. 
Uh, he says he's a coach that loves to run the ball. He says he is that guy. Well, he's going to have to forgive himself again <laughs> because Cleveland ranked 28th in run play percentage this year. Lead back Isaiah Crowell, the centerpiece of Jackson's promises to run the ball more, finished with just eight more carries in 2017 than the 198 he totaled in the season prior. Isaiah Crowell's a free agent this year. He probably is not going to be back with the team. But not to be outdone, he also told us a bed of lies about his fellow running back, uh, Duke Johnson. Oh, boy. This one was – this. I think this one might have been the worst for me because it was just – you know, I'm actually going to – I'm going to pull up pull up the piece here because I didn't include all the quotes, but I want to read some of them. Um, he just yaks about, uh, about Duke Johnson. He says, no – uh, Duke Johnson stays with me. He's with me all the time. Wherever uh, he goes, uh, I make make all our rounds. So he's constantly with him. He's And then Jackson says about Duke Johnson, he's just doing everything, honestly. He can catch out of the backfield. He runs the ball. We line him up in different places where we can get an advantage with him. He's a weapon for us. We're just trying to use him as much as we can, and we do. <laughs> well... <laughs> Try as they might, it didn't uh, happen because Johnson yeah. averaged just 9.7 touches per game as the Browns marched to 0-16. Despite the exciting back clearly offering some dynamism with the ball in his hands, they never quite committed to him. Thanks for the exaggerations and good times, Hugh Jackson. We will somehow see you again for the fibbing season when 2018 training camps open. So frustrating. All right, if you want to read more about the coach speak and how it led us astray, in 2017, from a fantasy perspective, go find NFL.com slash Harmon. All right, let's uh, oh, go. and also, yes. uh, tomorrow, I'll be posting the narratives that led you astray. The narratives. In 2017. The, I'm sure these will be strongly tied together, no? Um, you would think that there'd be some overlap, but yes. there's enough oh, to there's fill enough. a whole other piece. <laughs> <laughs> there are some that I was going to do for it. this one, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm hitting the 2,000-word mark. I'll save them for the narrative. There you go. I love it. Okay, here we go. Let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daps, 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 Um, All right. Uh, pff, I was going to go to Alex Gelhardt. He's uh, first He's on the list. He's the cheese factory. Oh, do you want me to call him back? <laughs> yeah. Alex, what do you got, what do you got yeah. today? <laughs> Whoa. Try some of this locally sourced cheese. Well, you just like mix. You mix your our bit and. and I know. I don't know what I'm doing. This <laughs> okay. this is bad audio. Let's move Daily Dap is a Swiss. <laughs> Daily Dap's a Swiss. No, no, American. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, my bad, Gelhar. Okay. okay. I really uh, hope he doesn't listen to the <clears> podcast. Would uh, would the best beer for him be a cheese coffee beer? Is that what? Oh yeah. That well, that would just hit all the stout co- cheese coffee stout a cheese coffee stout with yeah beer yeah. right got it yeah, that hits all three okay checks good. all the boxes checks all the boxes baby with a Packers logo <laughs> on the pint glass yeah yeah obviously yeah obviously yeah uh, <laughs> Matt franchise what do you got for daily daps I'm gonna daily daps uh, <laughs> one of these albums one of these music albums okay. here I've been listening okay. to okay uh, <clears throat> the artist is Odessa O D E S Z A oh I've dapped them before or no I daily dap yeah, I daily dapped their song with um, what's his name, Leon Bridges. And I had oh. somebody come at me for the pronunciation, so they might come at you too. By the way, well, how is, do you say? How it? do you say it? I'm Od- pretty sure it's Odiza. Or Odiza. Odiza? I don't know. I looked it up specifically for the last podcast, and I for- and I forgot. I don't know a ton about them, but I know this this album that came out in 2017 called "A Moment Apart" is Grammy nominated. Yes. Wow. I think it's two dudes. Two, wow. It's a, a American DJ duo. Okay. And the album just like 
put it on and it just sets a cool vibe. And one of these, one of my favorite songs is called late night. And, uh, one of my Twitter followers tipped me off to the fact, uh, his name is Chris Turner, that they, there's two, uh, local natives samples in the song that kind of drive the song. Local natives is another band I'm really into. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that just listening to the song and he tipped me off and I went back and listened to both songs. I was like, Oh man, that's awesome. Cool. Um, so Check it out, Odiza. Odiza? Odessa? O-D-E-S-Z-A, a moment apart. Check out the album. Add a baby. Uh, Matt Harmon, what do you got? So I'm going to daily dap a band, too. Uh, wow. Mount Joy I've uh, been listening to. Mount they Joy. Have a, they have a few songs on Spotify. They're kind of like, um, have you heard of them franchise? I think I've heard of them, but I couldn't tell you what they sound like. Yeah, they kind of have like almost more of like a, I don't know how to describe it, like a bit of more of a like classic classic rock type of sound maybe more like maybe more like americana is the right genre mm-hmm. i don't know but anyway sounds like right up your alley yes yeah yeah for sure uh so they've got a couple of a couple of songs on spotify uh silver lining and sheep are probably my favorite one i think sheep is is my favorite that's got like a great it's like it's like john mayer but you don't have to hate it because it's john mayer sheep right right, on, right <laughs> you don't have to hate right it on brand i love john mayer get out of here wow. I, don't, I don't like john wow. i am i'm like do not like john mayer and there's nothing worse <laughs> there is nothing wow. worse than hearing a uh like a john mayer song and being like oh man that sounds pretty good and then you realize it's john Mayer, and you're like ah oh, man now i have to hate it <laughs> what? I mean, he's got a pretty, <laughs> pretty easily discernible sound. Oh, I know, but it's like it coming with a cool guitar look, and you're like, all right, that's okay, cool. And yeah, then, okay, uh, oh, it's John Mayer. Great. The, the John two Mayer. songs you mentioned here, they're two uh-huh. most uh, most played songs. So sounds like you're the sheep. I am the sheep. Okay. Oh, correct. see what I did there. Okay. You're uh, producer Chris, what do you got? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna dab. The 2018 London Games just announced Chargers going to London. Oh, really? Take on the Tennessee Titans late October, either week seven or week eight at Wembley Stadium. Okay. So that's exciting. They better not. The Chargers better not get screwed on their next game because, I mean, they got to travel from the West Coast all the way to London. You hope it, that's a bye week. You know what I'm saying? Week. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? for sure. Because sure. if they got to travel. Or you're playing on the East Coast the following week and you and just kind of set there? up shop at – even teams then, have done that before. Yeah, I know, but even then, that's that's tough. That's tough. So, daps to the London games. And then also, you know, Top Chef's on hey. today. Oh, you know? oh, oh yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. They were, hey, they were, right. they were in the woods. Yeah. They were in the woods last night. Right. They were. It was Camping. Hey. That was so sick. How about the girl who made the cake? Hey. Cake, cake you know? in a hole in the ground, Cake in a hole in the ground. I was Amazing. like, she's definitely losing. Oh, for this. I thought she was. And done. they were like, "This is the best dessert we've ever had on the show." The and producers, I was like, she made it in a hole in the ground. The producers I she was are done. very good at that, at making you think something yes. that's oh, not yeah. going to happen. Are oh, yeah. you always like, like trying to analyze how they of edit course. certain the first five certain minutes? They're like, if, if they oh. feature somebody, the first five minutes, like, like, oh, that guy's gone. They're gone. He's out. He's out. I don't know why I love the show so much, but it's on again tonight. It's so good, man. It's a great show. It's great. It's a great show. It's going to be an all musical daily daps here. I will daily dap. Uh, what do you what do you got going on over here, Matt Harmon? What's I'm trying to listen to some pronunciations of Odiza. Odiza. I thought he was listening to Norv's country song. <laughs> no, hell yeah, but I'm firing that up when I get back to my desk. Oh, my God. Me, me and Norv for the rest of the day. Speaking of football players and music, Cole Beasley, he dropped a new track. It's a hip-hop track. It's called 80 Stings. Uh, you can find it on YouTube as well. Here's the thing. Is it good? The thing is, when somebody alerted me to the fact, um, and it's a fellow by the, who goes by Texas Cheesehead. Uh, I don't, I forgot his handle, but uh, <clears throat> he alerted me to the fact that Cole Beasley 
has a new uh, hip hop track that he released. Yes, hip hop. Uh, that uh, that uh, funky sounds of hip hop. Uh, he released a new track. He, he released a track, and I'm think I'm going into it total skepticism. Oh yeah, you know, like oh Same. god, this is gonna be awful. Like I've heard Le'Veon Bell's tracks, and look, I love him as a player, but stick to football, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's got, and Lev's got an entire like he's has a long. He has a lot of music out there. Yeah, he does. He's got a lot of music. You and know who else has his own album? Melvin Ingram has his own album. Really? Yeah. Wow. Nice. He does. Keenan Allen can also sing very well. He can play the piano as well. Yep. What? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, he's awesome. he's actually very good at uh, playing the and piano. And Joe Barksdale, really good on the guitar. I've heard Didn't that know as well. That. Yeah. Anyways, we're getting off track. Cole Beasley, <laughs> hip hop artist. Hip hop. Uh, and he's got this single, "80 Stinks." Again, I go into it super skeptical, bro. He's got flow. This Flames. guy can spit. I and I was I was shocked. I was shocked. He's the best hip hop or he's the best rapper, athlete rapper uh that I can that I have come across since Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard, Dame Lillard can legitimately rap. Yeah, he can. Um and Cole Beasley's right there. He's got bars. What? Well, I was surprised. I was very So if you're a hip hop fan, go find Cole Beasley's uh track 80 Stings. So there you go. That's the show uh, <laughs> for the uh, WizKid. We, we we apologize. I just I wow. That's uh, what happens uh, when you're not here. Yeah. That's I don't apologize. Yeah, okay, I imagine that when if we were if I was ever to miss a show, I would get flamed. I think like 30 minutes of it would be you that's, guys making fun <laughs> of me. <laughs> that's a very good point. Uh, very good point, Matt Harmon. We got Matt Franchise and we got producer Chris. I'm James Go. We'll see you later. See you later. This is it. This is it. We've got it. Are we recording? Yeah. Thank God. God. I, lo I love North. <laughs> and then he was like, wait, an NFL team needs my help. <laughs> Panthers, uh, I'm coming. I'm coming out of the studio for you, Panthers. Okay, hang on. I got to get this tweet right. No, no, no. Come on. Let's go. Here we go. No, the, hang on. The what? tweet is important. The tweet can wait. I think you can periscope it. You can multitask. I think you can multitask, which is what you will normally do anyways. That's All right, here we go. In three. Like an unfair attack. Three, two, and one. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 